Okay, we are back. We are here with the podcast. And I'm going to start by telling a story that happened to us that helped us scale sales for life, where I believe that what is old is new. Like there's nothing being reinvented in sales. It's being reinvented. It's being revolutionized. It's being polished. So here's our story. It is September of 2012, and at Sales for Life, we win our very first, not even paid, but very first customer called Vision Critical. I made a deal with Mark Bergen, who was the chief revenue officer at the time, and in fact, now he's with Shopify. And the deal was, if I could teach the team this new thing called social selling and using LinkedIn to book meetings and open doors, and they had sellers in Toronto, Vancouver, the UK, and Australia, we could help them create sales opportunities that he would be a reference, unbelievable reference, even if competitors called him for the next one to two years. We booked 31 meetings in 60 days as a collective unit. And it shows that LinkedIn has the power from an engagement standpoint, to help you identify people and then book meetings. From that one deal, I didn't know what to do next. I had this epiphany I called the sphere of influence, which was I took vision critical. I put them in the center of a sheet of paper, the, the logo, drew their, their name in the center of that sheet of paper and a circle around it. And I looked at it and said to myself, who cares about the story of vision critical? What should I do with it? And I realized, well, there's all kinds of people that leave vision critical and they go to other places. And there's competitors that are interconnected to this story. Well, ironically, as I drew the competitive landscape division critical, one of the companies on that list was a company called USAMP. Kevin Gaither, who I knew in the sales community, was the chief revenue officer. I messaged him the story of Vision Critical, got an opportunity at USAMP, did that deal, drew a circle around USAMP. It ironically had a circle to Exo Communications, a person named Ronan Keane. Then one XO drew a circle around it. Ironically, across the street in Herndon, Virginia, was uh, there's MTS Allstream and there was also Tata Communications. These were where it all went. As this sphere of influence built its way up, it took notice of AAISP, American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. They were having their very first social selling conference in 2013. I was the, the keynote, and I was, I was on stage. There was a lady in the crowd in the front row. Her name was Jill Rowley, who was just leaving Eloqua to bring in to Oracle's first social selling program. And so the story here is we went from an unpaid free deal in September 2012 to 18 months later. I was, the conference, I think, was January 2014. 18 months later, we had won Oracle to produce the largest social selling deal in the world. The reason I tell that story is because the spider webbing of customers, it'll be unbelievable to show you where you could go with these stories. So you come into the fold in 2013, come part of sales for life. You enable half the planet on social selling. What have you learned, what have you seen in all these years of teaching people to do this for themselves, reverse engineer their customers? I think there's a few things that <clears throat> are going to be 
the most steadfast and stable ways to win sales. So anyone listening to this that is obviously in sales, it applies to salespeople, Jamie, you and I both know that, but anyone in sales that's, or anyone that supports revenue, like in demand gen, in sales enablement, et cetera, you really have to start thinking about what Jamie's talking about as a growth hack. What Jamie's describing is essentially testimonial hacking, right? So you get a great testimonial, you take that testimonial, you shop it to others, you win more deals. We all start to put proof on our website, yada, yada, yada. That works. But there's so many micro elements of other growth hacks here. So imagine going after someone's competitors, right? So if you sell a deal into, I'm just going to use a big old generic name called Nike, if you sell a deal into Nike, who are Nike's top competitors? You can now shop the deal to their competitors. You can shop it to their vendors. You can shop it to their partners, their channel. All the people that would love to know what Nike is up to and what they care about, I think that's the growth hack here. <clears throat> now, going tactically down, the way you implement this is you really have to start decoding um, who are those main companies. So as Jamie said, and I know it sounds simplistic, right? But trust me, like we run two businesses, we know this stuff, and we've done this for both businesses. Um, start with a simple piece of paper, get a piece of paper, draw the logo in the center, and then just start mapping it out. Who are their competitors? Who are their vendors? Who are their partners? Who's their channel ecosystem? And just start mapping it out. You will have names galore. And then just go shop it to those people. Like, do you care about the story of this company and with this topic? And if you can get their attention on that, you basically enter the door. Remember, the whole point of Get More at Bats is how do you sustainably start entering accounts at scale without the most amount of effort? So this is obviously for entrepreneurs like Jamie and I, this is an incredible growth hack, but it has broad application to anyone that supports revenue. So that's what well, I want. Mar, in fact, you know, as we're talking about this, I actually pulled one up. Let me share my screen. I'll share my screen. And in sure. fact, I visualized for us exactly what one of our old um, sphere of influence heat maps look like. And so when Amar and I kind of started out, we, you know, we win one or two customers at a time. We're still trying to figure out what do we do with that story. So this is actually a visual representation of exactly what we would do. Amar just described it. We would win Tata Communications, put their logo in the center of a sheet of paper, and we would draw out, okay, who are competitors to Tata? Who are people who leave Tata and go to other businesses? So let's make this real. So Tata people... They can compete against Tana. Carousel went all the way to um, a proposal with them. Charter, proposal. Um, Exo, customer. Fullstream, uh, customer. Yeah, exactly. Vitel, proposal. Like, so the doors opened because we would basically bring the social proof of Tana. Here's what the project looked like. Here, uh, here were the results. Here's what this could look like in your business. So everyone that worked at Polycom or any of these other businesses on this visual, they could immediately recognize, 
oh, wow, like I, I would know what this would do to my business. The same with past employees. These, at that time, this is almost 10 years ago, executives, chief revenue officers, chief marketing officers would up and leave and they would go into other businesses. Now imagine messaging these chief revenue officers and chief marketing officers saying, hey, we're in Tata right now. Here's what the project looks like. Here are the success stories. You can see this is March 13, 2013. So exactly 10 years ago, these executives landed at new companies, but they would know exactly what it would take to succeed and fail in their new business as it pertains to projects from Tata. Uh, Amar, anything you want to add? add here. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would add is if you're looking at this and you're wondering, well, how do I apply this? Literally start out with a piece of paper. Don't complicate it. Just start out with a piece of paper and start drawing it out the way we have here. And then just keep in mind, people, although people are changing jobs fast, domain expertise and staying in a specific domain is still very much a reality. So for instance, what that means is if someone is in finance, there's a very strong chance they're going to remain in finance for the rest of their career. They're not going to jump to being an HR leader. And although those jumps do happen, those are the rare, rare exceptions and they're not the normal patterns, right? So what that means is that if you are selling a deal into, uh, like in our example that was on the screen, Tata Communications, which is in telecom, the people from those businesses, when they leave, they're naturally going to join other telecom-based businesses. It lends to their experience. It lends to their professional career accomplishments. So they want to, they want business continuity or career continuity in that domain. So if I had to sum up my thoughts on this, Jamie, here's what I would say. Everyone listening to this, do a quick exercise. If you're in demand gen listening to this, if you're in sales or a sales leadership position, just do this. Just find a solid customer that your company has and then start visually seeing how many darn doors you can just open out of it because it will shock you. And you have a much, much greater likelihood of opening a door into a competitor, into a vendor or partner, et cetera, or a past employee of that, um, of that company than you do with just randomly cold calling or cold emailing. Try this. It works. And you will be shocked if you do an A-B test that this method called that Jamie and I called the sphere of influence, this will produce a basket full of leads for you that the others simply can't. The traditional ways of cold calling and cold emailing can't. That's what I would say, Jamie. Is what is old is new again. You saw that this is the play that built sales for life. We went from one customer to 600 over the course of 10 years, one account at a time, reverse engineering. But just because it was a play 10 years ago, all that's happened is there's been technological gains against the very same sales process or sales methodology. Now, Omar and I have always touted this from day one. It's process over platform. Process, for the most part, sales processes that work will work 50 years from now. So what we're talking about here is reverse engineer your customers, now, all of a sudden, what we still do this at Pipeline Signals. We reverse engineer every customer we win, look for those opportunities, engage those opportunities. Now, at scale with Pipeline Signals, we can monitor it faster than we ever could by hand-to-hand -hand combat, but the process stays the same. This is how we're growing company two, just like we grew company one. 
Well, with that, Amar, again, always quick episodes for everybody to uh, get what they need. I highly recommend like and subscribe to this channel as every time we see tips, tricks, and tactics, we are recording these quick snippets for everybody. So like this particular podcast. Thanks a lot, everybody. And Jamie signing you. Get more at Bass Podcast. Take care. Cheers.